being driven, um, being ambitious, um, have an inquiry mind, ask questions, all of those things can absolutely stand you in good stead. Welcome to the Black Talent Talks, the show where we get people who are killing it in their work lives to share how they got there. We're going in with the highs and the lows, the shade and the tea. We're giving you the inspiration, the advice and some real talk on how to become the CEO of your own career. Please remember to leave us a five-star review, subscribe and share if you like what you hear and know someone who needs to hear this. I'm Leah. Today, <laughs> we've got three amazing guests with us. So first of all, in the studio, we've got um, Sharnel Conway. Give it up for Sharnel. Hello, hello. Thank you. is founder of Centre Childcare, which provides innovative childcare to children with autism, providing parents with a break and time for self-care. They opened in November 2021 and have already helped children increase their speech, reduce their behaviours and anxiety and helped their daily lives and the lives of their families. Centre Childcare currently working with the council to provide funded spaces to use for children who cannot find school placements. Next up we have Wayne Brown. Give it up for Wayne. (laughs) It's a very polite polite applause there. (laughs) Wayne is the Chief Fire Officer at West Midlands Fire Service and a highly experienced Principal Officer in his 30th year, which I'm struggling to believe, Wayne. Um, As well as being a Director at 999 Cenotaph, Wayne supports a charity to raise money for the UK's first um, 999 Cenotaph and Wayne has been awarded the Queen's Golden Jubilee Medal. Um, most influential black individual in fire and the Queen's Platinum Jubilee medal earlier last year. And then last but not least, we have got Tiana Holgate. Some cheers for Tiana, please. (laughs) Tiana Holgate is Head of Diversity, Inclusion and Belonging at Tappin Media Agency. She's an award-winning sociologist specialising in race, politics and Gen Z. You're so young. (laughs) And you were all at the Black Talent Awards last year. Yeah. What did you think of it? Did you enjoy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it was, it was a good night. Yeah, really Are you ready for this year? Yeah, <laughs> I'm so ready. It's <laughs> <in> my calendar. <laughs> it's nice to have a couple of winners in the house today. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start with a bit of an icebreaker. So I'm just looking for an embarrassing moment or like the worst interview you've had or like the worst job you've ever done. So Tiana, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, sure. Um, I think worst job was my first ever job. So I worked in like a stately home. They did weddings, events, stuff like that. I remember my trial shift was 15 hours long and I had like a six minute break. Um, and my friends and I still took the job and we did it for about a year during our A-levels. And it just was the most like intense, like bridezillas every day. Um, so intense, definitely probably illegal working conditions. Um, but we just did it, all did it as friends. It kind of made it all right. Um, but yeah, so that's probably my worst job that I had I can't believe that a 15 hour trial shift like what that doesn't even make sense that was the standard shift yeah that was the standard shift that's free labor yeah that is not a trial I can't even compute like how much of the day that is that's just like the whole day (laughs) 
What do you mean? Exactly. Has anyone else got a funny story to share? I don't have an embarrassing story. I have decided that I've either repressed it or I'm just not that easily embarrassed, which is also concerning. Um, But I can tell you a a kind of a funny story about what I do. So I help children speak. So a lot of children come to me, they're nonverbal, they don't speak. So we had this one little boy, he started in April. Actually, he started in January, completely mute, didn't make a sound. By April, he was able to attend by himself without his mum. Then he started speaking, which is great. But now when his mum rings the doorbell, all we hear is, Mommy is here! So like all of his little sentences or he's learned the word no, that's very entertaining. But inside we're like, yes, but please, no, you have to go and eat now. Like, it's time to eat. Wayne, do you have anything to share? Oh, so not so much embarrassing, I suppose, um, but certainly in terms of the work I do, uh, it's obviously quite quite often serious um so every now and again when you get a light-hearted moment it's quite nice so um being one of uh, a few black senior people in in the fire service um it's always interesting when you go out and about and many years ago when i was uh, serving at a station and on an appliance i i went to uh an incident in east london um in a real diverse area of east london and uh, i got off the appliance and it was embarrassing for me and as much as it, as i got off the appliance as to one of the only black officers in that area a, a group of um sort of black residents and the black community members stopped uh, basically started bowing and clapping as i got off the machine so <laughs> Which is quite embarrassing for me, but well, it, it was really nice, really respectful, but quite embarrassing at the same time. But, um, and then he said, that's the first time we've ever seen uh, a black, really senior person in charge in the fire service. So, that was, so it was a nice embarrassing moment, yeah. but embarrassing nonetheless, because my crew um, then didn't stop reminding me of that. And quite often when I walked into a room in the station, basically stopped, bowed and started clapping. So, yeah, yeah. so, so there you go. Okay, so we're going to move on to fact or fiction. Okay, so there is some popular but controversial career advice out there. So this is the part of the show where we're going to bust some myths and ask you whether you think it's fact or fiction and just kind of, you know, discuss your thoughts. So according to the recent census, about one in three people in the UK have got qualifications past A-level, but almost one in five have no qualifications at all. So this week's controversial career advice is you won't get anywhere without a degree. What do you think about that? I'm going to start with you, Shana. Uh, I do have a degree. Yeah. I don't believe that uh, I wouldn't be here without the degree. I actually think I would be four years ahead of myself, to be honest, Um, if I had started. um, I don't regret it. I would still do it. I think it gives me a sense of credibility in what I do. However, I really don't think... I've I've been entrepreneur since the age of 11, so I don't think I needed that to get further. I think it taught me a lot of skills on keeping a deadline, which is quite hard nowadays, but um, keeping a deadline and mixing with other people and speaking to different people that don't necessarily come from where I come from. But I think you can be successful no matter what. Yeah. And what did you study? I studied psychology, human psychology, which leads into what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite helpful. But no, definitely not. Yeah. (laughs) Wayne, what do you think? Uh, so definitely disagree with the statement um, that you can't get anywhere in life without a degree. Uh, fortunately, I have a degree. But for me, um, it's something that can assist you depending on the career choice you take. Yeah. But there are many, many successful people out there that um, at the top of their game that haven't got degrees. For me, it's about you as an individual and what you bring. Uh, academia, a degree will help you, absolutely. Yeah. But certainly shouldn't define you and won't define you. 
Yeah. What did you study? So Masters in Business Administration. Oh, amazing. Mm. Okay. And Tiana? Yeah, I agree with Wayne. I don't think you just you have to have a degree yeah. to get anywhere in life. Um, I think mine helped me because I studied like um, sorry sociology, um, and it links to what I what I do with diversity and inclusion. Um, but I don't think it's the be all and end all at all. But I do think it's kind of linked to privilege. Like I think especially in the black community, we're like we have to have something to fall back on. Um, so I think that I can't imagine being at the age I was and not doing a degree. It yeah. was way more based on, like, you just have to do it just in case as opposed to yeah. being what you wanted to do. Yeah. So I think maybe some people have the chance to not have one more than others. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I feel like my mum taught me to have an A and a B plan, and I think that was part of the B plan, ironically. Mm, yeah. um, so I agree. But the picture is really nice to walk past in my mum's house. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to that. It's quite nice to look at. Like, yeah, that's me. So, <laughs> so if somebody were to come to you and ask whether they should go ahead and... Um, you know, and sort of start a degree, what would your advice be? Would you say, tell them to go ahead or I does think, it depend? I think my uncle te- teaches me this actually, everything with intent. So I think you kind of have to be really clear about your path. If I could go back, what I would do is still do my degree, but I would have started my entrepreneurial journey earlier. So I still would have done it, but I just wouldn't have, I think in your head, sometimes you like degree, graduate. And I used to t- hear lots of people say, oh, you get a double figure salary, double figure salary. And then I realised that £10,000 is a double figure salary. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, OK, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like there's a lot of hope pinned onto it. Yeah. And when you go around to a lot of retail shops, there's loads of graduates in places yeah. like this that mm-hmm. can't find jobs. So I think um, teaching the youth that having a lot of experience in actual work is very important. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think people also, sorry, I think they also get like post-grad blues because it's kind of like you've graduated and then you kind of realise like, oh, I can't even get a job. (laughs) Like, Do you know what I mean? And they they think the degree is going to kind of like answer everything and then it's like, uh, it actually hasn't. It is who you know. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And certainly for me, it's um, there there are benefits to doing a degree. There's benefits to further education and higher education study. Some of that is about you demonstrating a commitment and being committed to be able to achieve something. So to get a degree, it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of commitment. Those are qualities that everybody should be looking to to make sure they aspire to in terms of their career and professional journey. Um, I know lots of people that have got degrees in the fire service that have got nothing to do with their role in the fire service. So I think some of it should be, if you're going to have conversations with people, what are you seeking to achieve? Is it just actually you're not quite sure what you want to do yet and you would like to do some further study and take get, gain a qualification? Or is it actually this degree is going to help me become a doctor in the future or a lawyer or something like that? So for me, there are different aspects to it, but absolutely shouldn't define anybody. And, and yeah, I, I would say being driven, um, being ambitious, um, have an inquiry mind, ask questions, all of those things can absolutely stand you in good stead as well as a degree. So. I do think the uni is way more about like what you do when you're there than the actual qualification itself. Like if yeah. you'd asked you need a degree as in like on paper to get a fire, I'd say no. But I think the experience of university can be super um, important, like who you meet, how you use it, the things you get involved in, like societies and learning to lead and kind of finding your your voice or your niche or what you care about. Um, I think that bit, like the university experience is maybe more impactful than the actual qualification on paper itself so maybe yeah. doing like a part-time degree and then working alongside of it or um I think it definitely depends on what it is that you want to do like certain career paths don't require that bit on paper either and you'll learn more from like going into the world of work at 18 and having to like work through that and meet people as you go um so yeah I think it's more about the holistic experience than 
yeah, the actual title, like and letters to your name. Yeah, yeah. I was going to add as well. I think there needs to be less of a stigma about being a mature student as well. Yeah, I feel like taking a gap year. I have lots of people that come to me and say they're going to take a da- take a gap year. Sorry, and I say, okay, what's the intent behind that? Yeah, if you're going to travel and live life and then come back to do your studies, I think there's no problem in finding yourself before you go to uni. Either. Yeah, I agree mm. with that because you have to do your like UCAS like application when you're in like the second year of A level. Most people like, don't even know 17. what they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what I want to do now. Do you know what I mean? it's like I was so young back then to be decided I think I changed what I wanted to do like three times because I literally didn't have a clue so and what's so interesting is we kind of make teenagers decide what they want to do at 16 you kind of start having these conversations how am I meant to decide me at 16 is a completely different person to now I probably would have envisioned that I would be where I was would I have believed it no yeah if you had told me I was going to be here now I don't think I would have believed it so yeah and did, did you all go away to study? I'm kind of just interested because you said about the whole experience. Did you all go away or stay at home? Or? I was in Aston Uni down the road <laughs> <laughs> on that bus eating breakfast on the way to uni. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Warwick, so I lived in Milton Keynes at the time. So it wasn't far, far, but yeah, it was important for me to like not live at home. Um, so yeah. And certainly for me, mine was later in life. So mine was um, as part of my growth and development journey through the fire service. So it was done um of an evening so yeah uh, which is obviously harder as well because you've got a, it's separate to your day job um and that's my point about being driven to actually achieve it and study so that's no, good yeah cool good 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 right we're gonna we're gonna delve a little bit more into your sort of like you know professional and business um journeys so um we're gonna start with with you Wayne so you you won our senior leader awards um last year you know which was a a, a massive um, achievement so congratulations again Um, and I'd be interested to just understand I guess some of the challenges um, you know that you've faced and overcome especially to get where you are especially as you say you know one of the the most senior um, black individuals in the fire service in the UK what sort of challenges have you faced and how have you gotten through them because you know life isn't a bed of roses no absolutely and I've faced many challenges it's it's a a career um, and an environment which predominantly for many, many reasons was a white male dominated environment. Um, I am the first ever um, black chief fire officer um, and there's only been one and that's me. Um, so, <laughs> in terms of, thank you. so in terms of challenges, um, working in an environment where you look different to everybody else, it's perceived to possibly be not a career for you and for people like you. Um, working and living and uh, in a society where racism is prevalent, um, discrimination is prevalent, and then trying to be that person that leads role models and lifts others as you climb has been really difficult. And so throughout my career, yeah, I would say I possibly could have achieved more than I did at an earlier stage if it wasn't for the fact I was battling against the, the pressures of being somebody different within that organisation. But mm. I suppose me as an individual, being driven, being somebody that's always been quite focused to uh, maybe change the norm and do things slightly differently has, has stood me in good stead. And I've got to say I've, I've been really well supported. I've got a great family. They've always driven me to, to try and strive to achieve more um, and to be focused. And and although, as I said, I've worked in an environment which is predominantly white male, some of those white males have been absolutely fantastic allies and uh, allies and supported me in my journey. So um, lots of challenges. Some of it's just about race. Some of it's about difference. Mm. Um, some of it's about acceptance. Uh, just 
going into fire stations and eating the food, eating Caribbean food and being told, I'm being asked, I have funny comments about what's that type of food and all of that type of things. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been challenging, it has been challenging. And there's been times I've had to ask myself, do I want to carry on? Is it a career I want to pursue? Um, but as I said, it's certainly a career I've loved. It's a career that I've enjoyed every day of getting up and going to work, knowing that somehow I've made a difference or I, I try to make a difference to somebody's life, be it rescuing somebody, be it making a decision that keeps people safe. Um, so, yeah, it's certainly been rewarding and it's, it's a career that uh, I love and will look back on when I stop doing it with, with great passion and pride, really. Have you seen much change over the first year? You know, are things now, you know, way, way better? Have we gone far enough yet? certainly not far enough yeah. uh it is different to when i joined um we're now we've now got more women um in the service we've got more people of color in the service um west midlands fire service is the uk's most inclusive employer so we won that award last year we've got double the national average of women we've got double the national average of people of color uh, and we are driven that our service reflects the communities we serve um now, that's not just because uh, we've got a black chief fire officer. In my role previously as a deputy chief with a white chief fire officer, we've always been driven to be different and to make a difference. So um, we've travelled a, a long way, but there is so much further to go because if you look around the city of Birmingham, for instance, and the demographic makeup of the city, we are not truly reflective of the communities we serve. So I would like us to, wherever you are in the UK at some stage in the years to come, a fire appliance pulls up and people get off that appliance it looks like the communities they serve and and that way will attract more people because currently and that was my point a bit earlier with the light-hearted bit in that community that I served in in East London there was nobody really within the fire service that looked like them so none of them particularly wanted to do the job because they didn't think it was a job for them so seeing me it was a bit like this breakthrough moment that oh wow somebody that looks like me can actually do that job so yeah absolutely amazing you're blazing a trail Wayne for sure yeah, definitely. Um, so, Tiana, I'm going to come to you. Um, what fears have you had in your career that you've had to push past? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think a lot of the fears that I have had or, like, or work through generally, just about knowing that my voice is important or has any value. Um, so in one of my first jobs or like first kind of professional professional roles. Um, I was always like the only person of colour in the room, often the only woman as well, and just kind of sitting there and thinking, oh my gosh, like you have all the ideas in your head, but actually getting them in out of your mouth and into like the space was a huge step. Um, so I think my biggest fear has been around just like confidence building um, and believing that what I have to say is as valuable as anyone else has to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my, my biggest biggest fear how, how did you yeah. manage to push through that so how did you you know kind of get the confidence to kind of you know open your mouth and talk in some of those spaces yeah I think a mix of my family my family are absolutely wonderful um sister's my, my best friend in the whole world my big sister and she's so encouraging all the time so she will like call things out on me all day long I think that that's privilege I've had um I think also just like my faith of knowing like I'm here for a reason so if not me who that kind of like 
you know, Manchester in the mirror of like, if not me, who I wouldn't be going through these things or be in these places for no reason. Um, and I think a lot of it is about knowing what other people maybe who come after me may want to see or want to hear. Um, so I like I had an elected role once and people were just stunned to see like a black woman who like did welfare for the university students union. And then after that, like it's become so much more diverse than it was before. So I think it's just knowing everything is for a purpose yeah. um, and like thinking of the bigger picture and being like, also like, I'm not the first person to do these things. <laughs> like, like, do you know what I mean? I think sometimes we can get in our heads about it being so huge. I'm like, it's just a drop in the ocean. Like yeah. people have come over way more and overcome way more than, than I have. Um, so it's kind of like humbling myself <laughs> and just knowing that we're just all like one part of the change. Um, yeah. I think that's probably what I've tried to keep in mind. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, really, really inspiring, definitely to to hear those because we all go through those struggles, don't we? Especially the confidence bit, I think. Um, yeah, but you know, realizing that you can be the first person, you know, if you don't see anybody that's like you, I think it's so important. And then we're going to go on to you, Chanel. Same question. No, slightly different question actually. What what disappointments um, have you had along your sort of professional or business journey? Um, and how have you managed to sort of bounce back? I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking, okay, it's the people. So I hire a lot of people. Um, and you can think that someone's really, really good. And then when you put a child in front of them, they don't really do the job correctly. But when I delve deeper into the question, I think I probably would have been the person to disappoint myself rather than somebody else doing it. Um, I think I've had to learn on my journey that like failure isn't actually what it means to everyone else if that makes sense like failure is part of the journey so there's a few times where I've dropped and had to really pull myself up or my mum's sending me like inspirational messages every day saying you can do this and you kind of think that you can't so I think I have that thing where I'll get disappointed because I haven't done something or I've made a choice that I'm not quite happy with and then I'll get disappointed because I got disappointed at myself and it's like <laughs> like a crazy cycle yeah. Yeah. um but I think being really reflective I think age does play a part in it I think at once I turned 30 I stopped caring so much for some reason <laughs> I don't know what happened but something clicked and I was like I'm just gonna do me um so I think that is a big part and like your mindset as well like how you're looking at things so once I kind of flipped it flipped it around and thought cool every time I fail I've found some way that it doesn't work now I can find the way that it does work yeah. it changed the way that I looked at things so yeah that's so moving from being like really hard on yourself to yeah like perfection Com coming back to your question earlier about fear like I had like such an obsession with perfection and if I didn't get something right it would have really would have just took me down through like quite a few days like proper beat myself up um I was that child in school that if I didn't get an A or an A star I'd be crying because I got a B and all my friends had D's and they were comforting me. So, <laughs> so the level of perfection. You're overachiever. Yeah, the level of perfection. So um, so overcoming that, um, you know, I think when you're brought up in a certain area, you just want to do better. Like you just want to do better and you want to take your family to a different space. So I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself. So that's what I would probably say to answer that. Yeah, absolutely. Were you one of the first sort of in your family to, you know, go to uni? Um, yeah, I was the well. first to go to yeah. uni. I have quite I have quite a few cousins and things that do amazing things. Um, I do come from a single parent family. So watching my mum struggle, mm -hmm. I just wanted 
it, her investment in me to be worth it, basically. Um, and I definitely know it is. She's very proud. So at the Black Talent Awards, she, I got that proud mum hug at the Black Talent Awards. <laughs> I was super happy. Um, so, yeah, it's super important to me. Yeah, yeah. that is amazing. Yeah. Okay, guys. So this has been a really interesting conversation. Um, and I just want to leave the listeners with some final bits of advice. So what advice would you give to someone wanting to get into your line of work? So, Tiana, I'm going to start with you. Mm. I think um like only do it if you care about it yeah that may sound a bit counterproductive um but I think sit down and actually be like okay what is it that makes me like angry sad or, or mad like what are the things that actually like I guess like set that fire up a little bit yeah um and I just would say like research and just read and like consume whether it be like film tv books there's so much under stuff around anti-racism and like diversity and inclusion um I just say much documentaries all along because I care about it and I was like <laughs> oh there's a job in this <laughs> I actually can do this more yeah um so yeah so I think figure out what it is that you really care about um take the time and also just like talk to people and just ask questions I think what you were saying earlier about who you know being important is like so 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 valuable in the work of diversity and inclusion so um yeah I'd say networking is also another thing I'd say yeah I feel like a lot of people always say like your network is your net worth yeah do you think it's true 100% think that's true yeah, <laughs> yeah I really think that is so true um and it's like no one will know what you're in, what you're good at and what you care about if you don't tell them yeah. <laughs> like no one's gonna come knocking your door like begging you to <laughs> to come out and do it so yeah 100 yeah, networking yeah yeah okay and Wayne what advice have you got for someone wanting to get into your line of work uh so my start for 10 would be understand that the line of work that I'm in and the line of work of the fire service is not about self-fulfillment so it's about people it's about the community we serve um, but it's also about the people you work with because there's got to be trust to be able to do what we do. So you're trusting each other to keep each other safe. Yeah. But we're there to serve the community and to make somebody's worst day that bit better. So it's mm -hmm. a career for people that want to help others and take real satisfaction from helping others. Um, and I suppose I'll end with saying... Uh, if you keep in mind something that I got told many years ago by my mum that it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice, you'll go a long way in the fire service. And in life, I love that. Yeah. That's really nice. And then same question to you. Um, myself, I think be really reflective and adaptive. Um, know that it does take 10 years to make an overnight success. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me 10 years just to get a centre, so I've been working hard for it. Um, and I've always been raised to know that the worst thing that anyone can ever say to me is no, so always ask the question, so can you do this for me? The worst thing they're ever going to say is no, so don't be nervous about it. Yeah. Um, and obviously if they say no, always ask for what you could do better I guess um, and then you can go back and try again so definitely don't ever give up and make sure you're adaptive to everything. yeah cool amazing so I think that just leaves us to say thank you for joining us thank, thank you for having us yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely it's been a pleasure it's been really good thank you yeah it's um been super inspiring I hope um everybody goes and sort of checks out your profiles on LinkedIn where can people find you if they want to connect with you LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Instagram. Twitter, um, yeah. So Instagram really Centre, S E N T R E. Yeah, LinkedIn for me, just Tiana Holgate. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for such an inspiring um, conversation. This 
podcast is brought to you by Evenfields Careers, a grassroots organisation from the West Midlands using diversity recruitment and communications to help job seekers from diverse communities, particularly black and ethnic minorities. For more information about the Evenfields group of companies, head to evenfieldscareers.co.uk. The views and opinions expressed in this programme are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any companies or organisations they work for or represent.